If you do any prospecting with LinkedIn, you have got to go get set up with Surf. That's S-U-R-F-E. It's a tool you can use to add new contacts to your CRM system directly from LinkedIn in seconds. I'm using it every single day. I add contacts, follow my deals, keep track of notes, and it ends up saving me a bunch of time on prospecting and outreach, which means I can spend more time moving my deals along. The data is always 100% accurate since I don't have to copy and paste all the fields over from each and every contact that I want to put in my CRM. Instead, Surf does that all automatically with just one click in about 60 seconds. The team over at Surf has put together a very special offer for fans of sales players. There's a link down in the show notes and you can use the promo code JWSURF5. Don't forget the E at the end of Surf. That's JWSURF5 for 5% off your first year. Don't spend another minute doing things manually. Go get set up with Surf. I wanted to put together a quick episode today on a topic that I think is very important, especially right now. We are experiencing the great resignation, as the media calls it. And a lot of folks have reached out to me and asked for my insight or my ideas around how to negotiate a salary in a SaaS sales role. So I wanted to put together a couple of thoughts. I actually took some notes here. I've got some resources to share where you can go out and figure out what your worth is in the marketplace uh, and have a good range on what compensation, what salary uh, might be aligned with your work experience and your network and your success examples or your success stories from other things you've done in your career so far. So yeah, I thought I'd jot a couple of those down and wanted to share those with you. So first and foremost, I think one of the most important things that I've encountered as I've prepared for a salary negotiation, and typically this starts to happen as I'm getting through uh, an evaluation process or an interview process, if you will, and that is number one, doing some research on what your worth is in the market. So you need to go and figure out based on your years of experience, uh, your industry knowledge, and remember that in SaaS, there can be specific uh, segments of SaaS, like do you have experience working with DevOps or have you been in the CX or contact center world for a long time or have you sold to marketers uh, or have you sold to sales enablement or operations teams? So know your experience, know, uh, you know, have a good understanding of your industry expertise and how that applies for the role. Think about your prospecting network. Are there any executives that you've uh, networked with? Are there prospects that you've sold to in the past? Companies that uh, you know the company you're interviewing at might be interested in having on board as customers. Is there anywhere where your Rolodex uh, can add value to the conversation and make you a more uh, desirable candidate? And then lastly, what I like to do also is document a couple of examples of success that I've had. So I am kind of crazy about this. I will screenshot uh, my results in Salesforce and save those. I'll screenshot, uh, like Slack posts. Anytime I close a big deal, uh, I'll take a Slack or like a screen grab of the Slack announcement that goes out to the whole team. And I do a bunch of other things, screenshots. Uh, I keep a running document on a drive, like a Google drive that shows my attainment for the last couple of years, uh, and specific percentages and things like that. So know what your success has been if you haven't been doing that, I highly recommend doing that in your career because the more data you can always bring, the more data you can bring to the table, uh, the more credible you're going to be as a candidate and impressive. Frankly, uh, hiring managers love to see very specific, concrete examples of where you've been successful 
And if you can do that with percentages, numbers, uh, you know, quota attainment, uh, dollars earned, whatever it is, revenue brought in the door or logos, just try to, you know, capture and document some of the successes you've had over your career. Uh, and if you haven't been in the habit of doing this, just spend 15 minutes, sit down and write down, uh, or type out on a Google doc, a few of your successes over the last I don't know, year, two years, however long you've been doing this. Uh, of course, longer uh, if you've been in the business for longer. Uh, but I think the last couple years is usually enough to, to be relevant in your interviews. Now, there's a few resources that I use for my research, my homework on what my worth is. One of those is Glassdoor especially uh, for the specific company, you can go and look at the company you're applying to's Glassdoor and see what other sellers are earning in that role. I've found it to be pretty accurate. I think sometimes it errs on the low side of things because I don't know if Glassdoor accounts for commissions. They'll say what the, the rep's total earnings are or on-target earnings are, or they'll say what the base is. And sometimes it can be a little bit confusing. So I usually like to go to different sources for different data points. Uh, Glassdoor is one. Uh, you could use Payscale or Salary.com. There's a handful of those tools out there. What I've found is since those aren't specific to software, uh, you might be getting just a general range for what salespeople make in the United States or around the world. Uh, and sometimes it's not super accurate. Frankly, uh, the SaaS market is super hot. Some of the salaries in SaaS sales are higher than any other sales profession short of, say, pharmaceuticals. But generally speaking, this industry pays extremely well. And what I've found is that you might be able to do better than what you see on Payscale or Salary.com. Another really interesting one is uh, actually the LinkedIn has a salary calculator. I'm going to actually go to mine and let's do a quick test here to see if it's even accurate. So to find the salary calculator, log into your LinkedIn account and you go over to the jobs tab, which is on your top menu bar, click on jobs. And when you click on that on the left panel, you'll see a bunch of options, my jobs, job alerts, and salary is the third one down. Click on salary. And then let's see, it says discover your earning potential. There's a little input box here. Uh, I'm going to put an enterprise account executive because maybe that's the title that uh, I'm you know, looking for roles in. That's you know, currently what I do. And then it says United States. I can choose my country. I may be able to choose even specific locations. So let's, uh, let's just do United States generally, but you could probably go down and pick specific states or uh, municipals. looks like you can choose other countries. So if you're in the UK or Germany or South America somewhere, you know, you can go and pick those specific locations. So let's do that. So, it's, so the number that it spit out, it gave me a range and the low range is way off. Uh, the high range is actually about where my base salary sits. And by the way, it, spe it specifies, it says base salary for enterprise account executives in the United States. And what I'm seeing here is about 40% less than what I earn currently. So that's kind of interesting too. This is for me on the low side, perhaps, uh, you know, I hope that's a result of good quality negotiations. And, uh, you know, I think I have a few other things going for me in my searches, which is, industry experience and network and track record and some of those things. But all the same, uh, you know, take a look at the salary calculator on LinkedIn and see if it, if the range is in, you know, the range that you'd expect for a base salary in your sales career. So beyond that, there's one other really great resource I want to share. Uh, someone, uh, someone by the name of, there's a woman by the name of Trish Bertuzzi. She is uh, an author. She wrote a, a book called the sales development playbook. It's actually one that I picked up a few years ago and really enjoyed. Uh, and at the time I was helping to, to build a pipeline 
generation process for the startup I was in. So her advice, her ideas in that book were extremely valuable. Trish is someone that I'd love to have on the show. So if anyone out there listening is connected to her, uh, I've chatted with her in the past, but it's been a while. If anyone out there knows her personally, send her my way. I'd love to have her as a guest on the show at some point. Anyhow, uh, Trish owns a company called The Bridge Group. They're a consulting firm that does research specifically on SaaS sales, SDRs, AEs, sales leadership, and those kind of things. And The Bridge Group, I believe, puts out an annual, uh, they used to call it like a periodic table. I think it's just probably some sort of white paper now. Uh, but it's an annual research report around what SaaS compensation and performance is. So I know because I fill out some of the surveys that they send, which ask for, you know, how did I do last year in terms of my quota achievement? Uh, what did I earn last year? How much commission did I earn last year? And some of those things. So I've filled out the surveys before. And I know she she reaches out to thousands of SaaS companies and, and thousands of SaaS sellers and gathers that information and compiles it and creates this really nice looking research report. So I would go to the Bridge Group's website uh, and I'll paste a link to that in the show notes so you have that and download this report. It's super interesting because you're gonna see what the average salary is based on roles. So that might be SDR with X number of years of experience, rep with X number of years experience, where they are in the country. So there's all kinds of data you can look at. And so what you're doing with this research is you're kind of honing in on what your range is. Uh, based on, you know, again, your experience, your network, your Rolodex, your examples of success, whether you work in the industry, uh, all the results and those kind of things, but also, uh, you know, based on the data out there in the marketplace, what what's your high, what's your low on the base salary side of things? And, and right now I'm going to break down what the main components of a SaaS sales salary, that's a, a mouthful, a SaaS sales salary, what the components are of the typical comp uh, for this career, right? So, know what these are because i think when you're negotiating it's it's good to understand the terminology and the different components of what your compensation looks like in the role so let's let's establish what those are really quickly and uh first and foremost there's the base salary that is your guaranteed income your salary that's consistent and shouldn't change based on anything uh that is you know sort of how i pay my bills <laughs> and uh you know feed my family so base is, you know, again, you're going to find ranges out there. It's pretty easy using the resources I just shared to find out what a typical base range is. But you should go in and have a number in mind, or at least a range of low, high, uh, what you want to earn in your new role. The other component is your variable. They, you'll hear recruiters or, or hiring managers call it a variable. And that's, of course, commission. So that's uh, the amount of money that is not guaranteed but the number that they typically throw out associated with variable is going to be what you would earn if you hit 100% or more uh, of your compensation plan or your quota anyway. So variable commission and base salary. And those two numbers together, you'll hear recruiters call those on-target earnings or OTE. So you can look at job postings and uh, you know see what OTE is. Another great resource I forgot to mention is RepView. That's a fairly new one. I think it's it's R-E-P-V-U-E. And it has some of the top SaaS companies. Uh, they, they do similar to the Bridge Group. They gather data in the marketplace and they rank top SaaS companies and provide you know, ranges for what OTE or on-target earnings are. And that's, again, your base salary plus your commission possibility if you hit your goal. And for most account executives, that's a 50-50 split. So to use real numbers, let's just say you have a $100,000 base salary 
And if you achieve your quota for you know the year, you'll make another $100,000 along the way in commissions. And so your total OTE is $200,000. So one thing I always warn others who are entering the industry about is don't go to a job in SaaS that's commission only. I've never seen that. Uh, I've heard about roles out there that are commission only. That is not industry standard. And I would be very wary of, of joining a company that has a commission only structure for, for their SaaS sellers. Typically the model is a base salary plus commission. And usually for sellers themselves, that's 50, 50 for SDRs. It can be something like 50, uh, you know, it's like 60% or 70% is base. And then, you know, 30, so let's say 70% is base, 30% is commission. So it can be a little bit different for BDRs, SDRs. Managers of course have a different model. A lot of times sales managers are more uh, incentivized around stock options and equity than actual base salary or commission. So uh, if you're going out for a management role, be sure to you know find some mentors that have been you know promoted into management or have navigated a sales management career and they can walk you through things like MBOs, which are management by objective bonuses. Those are different than commissions because typically they're associated with something like you delivered this uh, you know kind of non- numeric goal, which was something like you opened a new office and hired 10 people and you earn XYZ uh, amount of money. So those are MBOs, management by objective. That's more for, for sales managers, but for reps, it's again, typically base variable. And then uh, what I typically do in the early stages uh, or, you know, at least towards the late stage, any point in the process, I guess you can kind of go and try to understand the compensation plan. So the compensation plan is okay of that variable component, the commission component of your of your earnings. How do I earn that? Is what percentage of of the sale do I get to keep in my pocket? How can I make a higher percentage? Are there spiffs? Spiffs are like add-ons for overperformance. Accelerators are add-ons for uh, faster performance, typically. And are there anything? Is there anything like that that I can do to lever up? the amount of money that I earn from each sale. So try to understand the, co the compensation plan. If you're interviewing a company that doesn't want to share those details, I, I would pause a little bit and say, wait a minute. No, I think there should be some transparency around this. Don't just join a, a company because you're excited about it. Be sure that they're transparent about how easy it is to earn commissions. And you can also use this as an opportunity to ask questions around what current reps are, are producing and how much money they're making against their commissions. And you don't have to get specifics or understand specific reps uh, performance, but knowing that there's other reps that are achieving the goals and that are making the kind of money that, that you want to make. Right. A few other things, these are, you know, some kind of non, these are probably more non-standard these days, but they can be components of a good comp plan. So I'll cover these just very briefly. Uh, one of those is a draw. So again, a draw is more typical in a commission-only sales role, so they're not as common in SaaS. That said, um, I have received a, a non-recoverable draw in my career, so let me explain what the difference is. There's two types of draws. One is a recoverable draw, and again, that's more common in a commission role where you are actually drawing money or you're pulling money from a pool that the company sets aside for you while you're getting ramped up and building your pipeline. And since you're commission only, this money is used to sort of pay your bills and float you until you start to produce enough results that you're making, you know, the full commissions. Very uncommon in SaaS. Do not sign a recoverable draw. I, I would really advise against that. Now, a non-recoverable draw is a pretty dang good deal. So what that is, is 
it's a, you know, basically a lump sum of money that's associated with your variable targets. So let's say for the, for the same example of a hundred thousand dollar commission per year, a company might say, you'll also receive a non-recoverable draw for your first quarter in the role. While you're building pipeline, while you're getting ramped up in the role and getting trained, a lot of companies in good faith will pay out a quarter, uh, a quarter's worth of your variable as you're sort of building your pipe. And then the goal is that once you're ramped, you start making commissions and making your full OTE earnings, right? So in, in that case, you know, in the example we use, that'd be a $25,000 payout. It doesn't have to be paid back to the company by any means unless, uh, you know, sometimes it can be lower than 25K if you do start selling faster. But those are a pretty good deal because you're basically just getting cash from the company to help you ramp up. And it's sort of in good faith that you're going to accelerate and eventually start producing the, the results that the company wants to see. So that's a non-recoverable draw. I've also received once in my career a signing bonus, a one-time signing bonus. These are super rare. This was a result of me negotiating my base salary. And one of the ways we met in the middle and shook hands was, how about a one-time signing bonus to make up for the gap between what the company was offering and what I was asking for? So just know that it's an option. It's a little bit more rare. It's a lot more common with manager roles. It's a lot more common in technical roles like for developers or product folks. But it is possible, and I think it's something that you should keep in the back of your mind if uh, you know the opportunity presents itself, if there's some sort of gap between what the company's offering on your salary and what you want, you know, present the the signing bonus signing bonus as an option, and these can range from a few thousand dollars to you know tens of thousands of dollars for some professionals. So bear that in mind. And then the last piece of your compensation. And I could honestly do a whole podcast episode on this topic and I plan to, but that's equity. So uh, if, if the company is privately held, those are going to be options. So the option to buy stock in the company later on, when that company either sells or goes public, that's known as a liquidity event or an exit. Uh, so stock options is one part of the component. If you're going to go work for one of the big software companies that's already publicly traded, there's a lot of them out there, then a lot of times they'll offer you something called an RSU or a restricted stock unit. Those are a really good deal because those vest over you know a certain time frame. And since you can go and check on your phone what the stock's trading at, you have a pretty good idea of what the value of those shares are before you even start the role. Options are quite a bit more nuanced because no one really knows, uh, you know, most people don't have visibility into the full cap table. I do think you should ask a lot of questions about, you know, the cap table. And if you're not familiar with that term, that's, uh, you know, essentially who owns what in the business and who owns how many shares and how diluted is the company. Again, I'm going to do a whole episode on this topic and there's tons of really, tons of much better resources out there for you to go research uh, startup equity and those kind of things. But just know that that's part of your compensation plan. It's pretty standard in the tech industry to receive some form of equity, especially in startups and most typically in larger companies as well. There's RSUs and stock units that you can have access to. So uh, yeah, keep that in mind. Know that that should be part of your comp plan. And in a minute here, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about some of the you know ways and specific tips that you specific ways and tips that you can negotiate that component. So, how to run a successful negotiation for uh, a better salary as you're exploring a new role? My number one recommendation: read the book Never Split the Difference. I've recommended this book before on the show. It's one of my all-time favorites. I go back and reread it about once a year just because it's such a great reminder of how to you know, ask the right questions and how to manage a negotiation tactfully uh, and strategically. So highly recommend Never Split the Difference. It's by Chris Voss, 
one of my all-time favorite books. Then what I do is I establish what my range is and I actually write it down. So write down what your low and high are and, you know, break that out by base salary variable, and then put down your total on targets and what your expectations are there, write the stuff down. And I, I mean, actually write it down pen and paper, or I guess on a computer, but better pen and paper. So you have it in front of you, you know, you, you know, the numbers, you're kind of committing them to memory. So when you get in the heat of the moment, when you get to that point where you're negotiating or anchoring, uh, you know, the, the, the amount that you want to earn, you've got those numbers sort of engraved in your mind. Uh, so I'm a big fan of doing that, just actually writing it down. So, um, let me just read my notes here. I, okay. Yeah. So this is uh, really interesting. A lot of people think that you shouldn't talk about salary or compensation until the very end of the process. Some candidates also think you should talk about it on every step. I don't agree with either of those things. What I typically do and what I've seen, you know, where I've felt the most successful following a salary negotiation was setting expectations up front. For most SaaS selling roles, you're going to talk to a recruiter. Uh, maybe it's the hiring manager, but typically it's a recruiter, whether that's a third-party recruiter that's been retained to, for the search or an in-house recruiter that's responsible for hiring employees. Usually in that first session, there's an opportunity to at least share what your desired compensation is. And I tend to do that without sharing what my current compensation is. And here's how you do it. Typically throughout the conversation, you know, you're going, you're learning, you're sharing a bit about your background and the recruiter might ask, what are you at right now? Or what is your desired comp for the role? Something like that. A question like that should come up. A good recruiter knows to establish that early on because I've also been on the other side of that where it didn't come up until the very end of the process and it was a big surprise for all parties, which I, you know, you don't want to get into. So when you get the question, uh, you know, where are you at right now? What I typically do is I don't say, oh, here's what my current salary and comp is. I say, well, my desired OTE is X and I share, you know, that's 50-50 split base plus commission. I don't get into the equity pieces or any other perks or signing bonuses at that time. Again, those kind of come towards the end of the process when you get the verbal offer. But I do at least establish what my high and low or, you know, I give a range or say a specific number of what my desired uh, goal is. And I think a good practice is ask for a number that makes you a little uncomfortable. That was something a mentor told me years ago. She said, ask for a number that makes you sick in the stomach. And I've always tried to do that when I have the question, you know, what's your desired compensation uh, or where are you at right now? I just say, I would love an X. And I, you know, again, sometimes break that out by base and commission, but ask for a number that makes you a little uncomfortable and then just see what the reaction is from the recruiter. Then uh, if they, you know, they'll, they'll usually be pretty candid. If it's way off, if it's way over, they'll say, eh, you know what, our range for this is X and Y, X to Y. And you'll know if that aligns with your range because you've written it down and you've sort of committed it to memory. So, uh, and then, yeah, don't, don't bring up salary in every round of the interview process. I heard this recently from a hiring manager who said they had a candidate come through and that candidate talked to like people in engineering and the HR leadership and every round of interviews, they, they asked about compensation and what they, you know, were going to earn in the role and those kind of things only, you know, save those conversations. you get the most leverage. If you have that conversation initially with the recruiter who's screening you for the role and basically qualifying you. And by the way, this is just good sales advice. Uh, and then, you know, when you get the verbal offer, that's your time to actually make asks or anchor up. 
So here's a couple of com common uh, responses that you're going to hear too. Sometimes when I've asked for a higher base, I've been told that if I get a higher base, I also have to have a higher quota. So be ready for that one. You're going to get that a lot. That's a very common response to, hey, I'd like a you know extra 10, 20, 30K, whatever it is on my base. And usually they'll say, sure, but we, we're going to have to add X, Y, Z to your quota. So just be careful of that. Uh, the other thing that I've run into with negotiating your equity. So maybe you get a grant for a couple thousand shares. Let's call it 5,000, uh, you know, options to, to purchase shares in the company. A lot of times I've countered back and asked for, you know, Hey, I'd like 10,000 shares of stock and the hiring manager or the recruiter will say, you know what, we would have to go get approval from the board of directors and you know that's going to slow everything down and just cause you know delays in getting you on board do you really want to do that so just know that that's probably going to happen if you try to negotiate shares um i still think you should i still would consider asking for more especially if it's an early startup uh you know because it should be pretty easy for them to get the approval from the board and the reality is a lot of hiring managers have a pool of options allocated for new hires so negotiate that but know that the response from whoever you're negotiating negotiating with is probably going to be mm, i'd have to go talk to the board so is that okay and you know keep a straight face and say yeah sure i'm okay waiting to to go hear back from that variable is really tough to negotiate your commission uh, you know, again, typically keep that 50, 50 split in mind. Some of my colleagues, and I, I haven't done this too, too much, but some of my colleagues have negotiated other perks. Uh, you know, maybe there's like a stipend for your home office that you can negotiate more PTO, uh, better benefits. Some of those things, uh, can, can be, you know, things you work into the negotiation in lieu of, uh, you know, higher base or higher, uh, stock option pool. And then, uh, yeah, that's, let's see here. Sometimes I think you won't actually have to do as much of the hard anchoring negotiation towards the back end of the process, especially if you've established things up front with the recruiter, with the hiring manager, and you're aligned on what the range is for the role, and that works with what your high-low is. So last but certainly not least, be super confident, but not arrogant. Be professional, share your results, share your research, use your resources like the Bridge Group, Glassdoor, LinkedIn Salary, use the data. Hiring managers want to hear that you can back up your argument or your pitch with data. And so do your prospects, by the way. So use the research that you've done initially on what your worth is in the market and back that up with real results. If you throw the bridge group out in an interview negotiation, in, in a salary negotiation, you're winning. Uh, managers know who the bridge group is, and they're going to be very impressed that you track down that data and that you did all the homework and research. That's, those are keys to being a successful sales rep. So go do the research first and use that in the final negotiations. Last, but certainly not least, reach out to me. I'm going to be, uh, free for the next couple of weeks for the holidays. And I would love to get on the phone and do a role play, a brainstorm. I'm happy to review a job offer or a salary offer and let you know if I think it's within range of what the industry standards are, but I want to be a resource for you. So please reach out. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter. You can email me at jesse at jessewoodbury.com and wish you the best of luck in your negotiations and in your new roles. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening.